welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. Joining us today, the group of five guys are back. Matt Sprouse, reoccurring guest. That's I right. love, I love every time I get to say that. And also joining us this time around, Jesse the Swag Bear, uh, Grisham. Guys, for, before you guys even, you know, uh, you know, uh, join us here. I just want to say, uh, big, big fan of the stuff. Um, you know, what you guys do for the group of five and giving them kind of their, um, giving them their shine when they need it. Absolutely love it. Um, so anyway, guys, uh, thanks for coming on. The rightful recognition is what the The group of five Yes, the rightful recognition. So what we're going to do, we're going to kick this thing off with, uh, some conference breakdowns. Uh, we're going to give you a pick for the champion a dark horse team or a team to kind of look out for, and then a player to watch. So let's start with the American. All right. And right now, so my pick for the American would be UTSA. Uh, Jeff trailer has done a, an incredible job with the roadrunner program. UTSA returns 16 players, great running back with Barnes, good receiving core, good offensive line, and a nucleus of the defense is back. Uh, so I really like UTSA um, going into the American and possibly or the favorite to win this time around. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, UTSA is probably the most talented team. I actually um, I picked SMU to beat UTSA in the championship game, and mainly because SMU's schedule um, sets up pretty nicely for them. They avoid Tulane and UTSA during the regular season. Um, so I think that puts them in the championship and then it's one game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like um, SMU. Rhett Lashley has crushed the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So um, I like SMU. A lot of talent. Got a pretty easy schedule, in my opinion. They got to win one game, championship game. All right. Uh, Jesse. Mine's going to come to no surprise for a lot of listeners because of what happened last year. I really like Tulane. I like the experience they have mm-hmm. coming back. Um, you know, you look at the quarterback coming back and uh, Michael Pratt. People want to say that, you know, they lost the running back last year. Michael Pratt, he was a key leader for that team. And what is most significant about this team is what's on the offensive line. It takes a good offensive line to win a lot of games this year. I do think defense wins championships, but it sure as hell helps to have a really good offensive line. Since here, Hainsworth is going to be the anchor at center. I see that guy going first, you know, first few rounds in the NFL draft. Uh, A good center means a good offense. So look out for Tulane this year. I do think UTSA is going to be very talented. I think they're going to see each other in the championship game. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sprouse, but I'm pretty sure they play each other very last game of the season. And then I, what we talked about in the group of five guy podcast, I think the loser of that game is going Mm -hmm. to be the winner of the, uh, the American championship. It's hard to beat a good team twice. So, Oh yeah. (laughs) They're probably going to be seeing who they're going to be hoping somebody loses that game. They're going to try to throw that game and win the championship. Oh yeah. Almost, almost like a, Hey, we're going to, we're going to see these guys again. We're not going to show too much or, you know, something like that. For some reason, uh, Michael Pratt's not starting this game. So yeah, (laughs) it'll be, it will be interesting. Like if that game, cause winner will get home field theoretically too so oh so maybe there is some what's more important you know win that game and play at home or keep you guys healthy save some film i don't know we shall see uh dark horse out of the american um florida so i like florida atlantic them making the move uh you know casey thompson was just named uh the starter they went five and seven last year 18 starters are back and lost four games by one possession 
I'm not huge on Tom Herman. I'm not a Tom Herman guy. I don't like Tom Herman. However, that's a great hire for the Owls. Um, and I think they have a really good chance to uh, make some noise uh, in the American Conference this year. I'm right there with you. I got, I had FAU also. Yeah, Tom Herman, you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of an odd cat. Mm-hmm. He was at Houston and he was kissing all the players on the forehead before the yeah. game or something, something <laughs> like that. Now, that being said, the guy wins and he's a program mm-hmm. builder. He got to Houston, went 11 and one in a year, got fired at Texas, but for what it's worth, I mean, that's the last time they played for a championship, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the guy will get the most out of that talent. And we talk about it probably every other week on our show. FAU, no matter what, has yep. talent. Oh, and yeah. Now you got a coach in there that knows how to develop it and knows how to put them in the right spots. I'm right there with you on Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Jesse? Yeah, so um, I knew Sprouse was going to say Florida Atlantic. He's been saying Florida Atlantic for the past three years. Fort Lauderdale <laughs> guy. Um, but they are going to be really well. And what, who's the nose guard Sprouse you've been no, talking about? Just wait really until for three we years? talk about players to watch, Jesse. Okay, I'm already okay, turning I'll, in my notes, pal. I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, so Memphis. I like Memphis this year. I really like their schedule. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they bring it back, Seth Hennigan, and I think that he potentially could be the best quarterback in the uh, in the American Conference. Everybody's talking about, you know, Michael Pratt. They're talking about uh, UTSA. But uh, I really like Memphis for schedule pans out. If they can beat Boise State at home, I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be a season-defining uh, game. They There's no reason why this dark horse can't make a run for it and try to win the championship. You know, they have a really, have a really good defense coming back. They're, they're loaded at running back. Uh, look out for Memphis this year. And then mm-hmm. we, we had a, we had actually had a uh, uh, episode talking about Blue Bloods and Memphis has been pretty consistent, you know, uh, throughout the years. So mm-hmm. I think last year they, I think they got seven wins. Correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I think this year, look at them getting more than seven. If I, if I can add to that too, I think Memphis, I think Memphis is better than Florida Atlantic. I, I just consider Florida Atlantic more coming out of nowhere. I think Memphis is already in the top three or four of that conference. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they if they made it to the championship game. That's mm-hmm. fair. I think yeah. more of when, I, when I hear dark horse, I'm thinking more of who are you not even thinking is going to be in the championship game. Yeah. So that's I mean because UTSA and Tulane they're taking all, all like they're taking all the credit for the American right now. Yeah. And I'll give SMU I'll give SMU some love too. But right. uh, for some reason I don't know why Memphis keeps always getting overlooked. Uh, look out for this year. I mean I think Memphis. I think the last two years have been a little underwhelming. I think they won like seven and six wins, but like, but before that, I think they had an eight win year. And then before that, that's when they were, you know, playing in like B, uh, almost like BCS, but like NYC. Right. Yep. They play, yep. They played Penn State and they just couldn't, they just couldn't keep up defensively, but their offense still played, you know, pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's Mem- Memphis is a team, though, I think is, it's always dangerous, though. And I, I think, I think this year they do fall into that dark horse category, though, just because UTSA, UTSA and Tulane are taking all the, taking all the credit right now for the conference. Yeah, um, and I actually I brought this up on one of our podcasts. I said yeah. I think I'm not a stats guy, mm-hmm. but I am, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time in f- football history where a school goes to a new conference and has the most preseason all conference players for that conference. Oh, if you wow. look at UT, I, don't quote me on that. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, but, but hell, they got like twelve of them. Yeah, they got a lot. They got a lot. Um, so players to watch. Uh, I, I think this is going to be uh, a consensus pick with a lot of people listening. But I think Frank Harris coming back for a seventh season. Um, 
you know, had 333 uh, total yards a game. Um, and he has a good offensive line, good receivers. He has a good supporting cast. Offensive line is decent to kind of take some pressure off of him. I think Frank Harris is a, is a really good pick there for players yeah. to watch this year. Yeah, Frank Harris, you better you better watch out for him. And we've been talking about it for a few weeks. If you are the young school in Knoxville, Tennessee, you better be watching for Frank Harris. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go a little bit uh, under the radar. Defensive guy, Jesse, makes fun of me all the time. FAU's nose, Evan Anderson, 356 pounds, I think, is what they list him in the program. <laughs> and uh, And he wears a single digit. Number eight. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the defense, on the interior defensive line, you know he's going to be a problem. That dude is a, is a freaking monster, and he puts centers and guards in quarterbacks' laps often. Um, so look out for him anchoring the defense, and then on offense, uh, Temple quarterback EJ Warner, the son mm-hmm. of Hall of Kurt. Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. Temple, I think Jeff Murphy had them as a dark horse. They'll be a little bit better. Temple's just a tough spot to win often. Mm-hmm. But they got a damn good quarterback, and he's going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know like um, a lot of the people who listen here are, are East Coast people, like Northeast people. So for you to say EJ Warner is definitely uh, perking some ears. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Um, I have a lot of respect for Frank Harris. However, I do give him a lot of hell on our show because Jeff Murphy, he's a huge quarterback guy. And I say Frank Harris, he can't win the big game. He has not won one bowl game. Uh, since he's been at UTSA. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go another under-the-radar guy. Uh, look out for Luke McCaffrey this year at Rice. I think he's going to put mm-hmm. up a lot of numbers. He's consistently gotten better each year. Uh, he's going to be at the slot receiver. I'm not saying Rice is going to win a lot of ball games. They potentially can, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of you know first down and tens. He's going to he's going to hit a little five-yard slant route, slant, slant route uh, consistently getting his yardage up, uh, probably being a – maybe potentially getting drafted. So – yeah, Luke McCaffrey, well, Rice. Well, and, Rice has a quarterback now. Yes, they and, they, quarterback and, they, and now. They, their quarterback, they got they got to protect. Him. Supposedly, <laughs> they got yeah. to protect. They can protect. Yeah. Luke McCaffrey will, will get more, you know, yards uh, at receiving yards. Yeah, no, love it. Um, all right, moving on to the Sun Belt. So my pick for the Sun Belt uh, is South Alabama. Listen, they won they won ten games last year. Um, Ten games. Their two regular season losses came out of combined five points to UCLA and Troy. You know, two great teams. Um, they did get ran out against Western Kentucky. Uh, rough first half for them. They just couldn't keep up. But I really like South Alabama. They got a lot of those core guys coming back and, you know, coming back from a 10-win year. So, yeah, I like I like the Jags, USA. Yeah, I like I think South is the most complete team in the conference. It'll be interesting to see what they do now that they've got some expectations. Um, you know, in in that side of the conference, Troy and South Alabama have fantastic defenses. I think mm-hmm. South is got the better quarterback and got the better offense overall. However, I have them losing to Marshall in the championship oh, game. I think in okay. the East Everybody plays really good offense, but Marshall actually has a good defense. Owen Porter mm-hmm. is going to be one of the best players in the conference. Um, I want to pull it up if I can get my phone to load. Here's my only concern with Marshall. They have the most brutal in-conference schedule. They go at Georgia State, home versus James Madison, at Coastal, at App State, versus Georgia Southern, and at South Alabama to end the season. So they might be sitting there like seven and zero, and then they got to go through that gauntlet. So 
if they can get through that healthy last year, they had a bunch of injuries, but if they get through that healthy, I think they're the best. Um, I think they're the best team in the East and I think they can beat South Alabama in the championship. All right, Jesse. I'll make mine pretty quick. I think Troy is the most all around team. That defense is nasty. They are going to, I mean, I think they're going to run through the West. I think the South Alabama game is going to be a very, very difficult game for them, but I don't see anybody stopping Troy. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the East, I I like App State. Uh, We had a debate about this on our show with Marshall and App State. I think Marshall is going to be one of the most talented teams, but they have to go to App State, and Mm -hmm. that's a very difficult place to win, especially near the end of the year. I think App State's going to beat Marshall, and then they're going to meet Troy in the championship game. And I have Troy, that defense, again, that D-line, Nasty. They got two very, very, very good defensive ends. They're going to get a lot of pressure. Uh, look for Troy to repeat. John Summerall, is this his last year at Troy? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, Matt, I love that you mentioned Marshall because Marshall is my dark horse. Uh, you know, this is a pro Charles Huff podcast. Uh, love Charles Huff. Uh, they do lose Gamage. Um, Rasheen Ali, those comes back, uh, kind of be that workhorse again. He was hurt for a good portion of last year. Uh, Camp Fancher, uh, I think is going to re- uh, improve a lot. And also 15 transfers are coming in to kind of add to the thundering herd there. Um, I like Marshall to kind of make that splash and, uh, you know, kind of be, be in the thick of things for that championship game. Yep. Yeah. I love Marshall. Um, if you're coming to me on my dark horse, if you don't mind, I have two of them. Both reside in the great state of Georgia. Georgia State, mm-hmm. um, 10 games over the last three years, they've lost by less than 10 points. Five of them last year. I think that's correct. And I think all five of them last year were less than a touchdown. So Georgia State just has to find a way to win a close game. They're still young. I feel like they've been a young team forever. Yep. They do have a really good quarterback. Um, and then also Georgia Southern. They, I don't think Georgia State can win the conference. Georgia Southern can win this conference. They shocked me last year how quickly they were good on offense. I thought going from the option to Clay Helton's offense, you know, they brought in Van Trees from Buffalo last year. This year, they bring in Davis Brin, who old Swag Bear's been high on for three years. And that dude's just been in a bad spot at, at Tulsa. But Georgia Southern is going to score a ton of points. They just got to figure out how to stop somebody on defense. So th- those are my two dark horses there. Okay. Jesse? Southern Miss Golden Eagles last Ooh. year had seven wins. Uh, they lost three games by less than seven points. Don't quote me right now which teams those were. I had the notes last week. But uh, three really good teams. Zach Wilk, he got thrown to the fire. And the best thing for a quarterback, especially as an 18-year-old kid, is experience. So I think this kid's going to come back. He's going to be slinging it. They were one of the top offices in the country with 14-plus receiving yards. So they're going to sling the ball. They got Frank Gore Jr. in the backfield. That defense should be, you know, get a little more experience. Look out. I actually have an upset alert near the end of the season. Starkville, Mississippi, look out for Southern Miss. In the day, coming from a, a guy born in Mississippi, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they didn't want to play Southern Miss in the past. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. And what look out for this year. I know Jay has already Jay has made comments already about Southern Miss, so I know Jay is definitely high on them. Uh, so definitely have some common ground there with Mister uh, Mister Mr. Arnold. Uh, players to watch. Uh, I like uh, Carter Bradley from South Alabama. You know, passed for over three thousand yards last year. Uh, you know, he's going to be coming back. Feel like I feel like he's been in college football forever. Just one of those guys. Uh, kind of got a start in to, at Toledo in the MAC. Uh, had, had a good year last year, and I think he's just going to improve. And now 
kind of be on that same level as Frank Harris and, you know, some of these other guys in these group of five conferences. I like it. Um, for me, defensive side of the ball, Jason Henderson, linebacker at Old Dominion. Guy had 180-plus tackles last year. I said it on our show, Old Dominion's not very good, but that mm-hmm. guy makes a lot of plays. He's going to be by the ball every time. And then um, an impact player for me, Louisiana quarterback Ben Wooldridge. Louisiana almost was my dark horse. They got a chance to be quite a bit better this year. Last year, they tried to go two quarterbacks, and then one of them got hurt, and then they had to go with Wooldridge, and then Wooldridge got hurt, so they had to go back. That ruins. I mean, I mean, that ruins your confidence. That screws up the whole chemistry of the team. You got to stick with one guy, and I think Wooldridge is that guy. He's mm-hmm. the key to whether Louisiana can compete with a Troy or a South Alabama or even a Southern Miss in the West. No, like it. Uh, I mean, it's it's always fun. I, I just feel like the Sun Belt all the time. They just have all these different teams are just constantly competing. It's like again Thursday, Friday night watching Sun Belt football is awesome. Uh, Jesse, what do you got for player to watch? Mine's going to be players to watch. Oh. So last year, or past couple of years, Chase Bryce, uh, he, he led that App State offense, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Sprouts mentioned four on a couple of our shows. Not saying they lost their identity. They just changed their identity. But I think they're about to get back to what App State used to be. They're going to be ground and pound. And when they get to be ground and pound, it's going to be a that offensive line who they – they're going to be pretty good. I, I think that Tulane, going back to the American, they have the best O-line in uh, the group of five. Mm-hmm. App State's not far behind them. Uh, they have an all-conference uh, center, uh, Isaiah Noel, and then they also brought in Griffin Scroggs uh, from Georgia. A uh, high recruit from Georgia is going to be an offensive guard. And the other guard, he's returning and actually going to move him out to tackle. That's three very high-experienced uh, offensive linemen that they're going to be blocking for these, these really – high power running backs for App State. So if the offensive line for App State can be as dominant as they should be on paper, that's why I have them winning the, the uh, winning the East in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely love it. Um, now we go north to the MAC. Uh, so my pick for the MAC champion, I am all in on the Ohio Bobcats. I saw their win-loss total is at seven and a half. I immediately – Again, I loved it so much that it actually scares me, uh, hitting that over with seven and a half. Uh, Going to be the best offense in the conference, I think. I think the defensive and offensive fronts are loaded with just redshirt seniors. Um, so you got to have experience there. Um, they do have a lot of sophomores in the secondary, uh, but overall, this is a veteran team. I'm all in on the Ohio Bobcats. All, like, all in. Matt. I love Ohio too. However, I got them losing to a repeat champion. I'm going Toledo. Ooh, Toledo. Um, this conference, it's if if you ask the average fan which conference has the best quarterbacks in the country, I bet you you less than ten out of a hundred are saying the MAC. But damn it, <laughs> it's the MAC. Yeah. I mean, they are they are loaded with NFL guys. And my only thing about Ohio that scares me is is Rourke's health. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and I'm just not confident in it. But Toledo's got a great quarterback too, Daquan Finn. And and whenever you, you know, have a team that or you have a game that's close and you got a quarterback like Finn that can make things happen with his feet, make things happen through the air. Plus Toledo's got a really good defense. I'm just going Toledo over Ohio. Okay. 
I just thought about this. I wish they were called the Big Mac. You know, that'd be that would be a pretty dang cool name right there. <laughs> maybe maybe it will be when it might be Big Ten Mac merger <laughs> yeah. in five that, years. Damn, <laughs> that might be true. Um, so I'm going to tell you right now who who I really like here. Uh, probably going to come to a lot of surprise based off of how they went last year. They were my pick last year to win it. I'm going with NIU here. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the year before that, what they won like ten games. Mm-hmm. Rocky Lombardi got hurt last year. I think he's the best quarterback in the conference. I'll go ahead and answer this right now for you, too. He's also my impact player player to watch for, Rocky yep. Lombardi. I'm saying I think the guy's a chance to go to damn New York and win a Heisman. The schedule's set up good for them. They have a lot of experience coming back. They've done it before. I think they'll do it again. Look out for NIU. Yep, uh, which is a great transition because NIU is my dark horse. I mean, yep. I guess if, if you would call them a dark horse, I feel like Ohio, when everyone's talking Ohio, Toledo, um, and because Northern Illinois uh, had a disappointing year last year. But Rocky Lombardi coming back and, uh, you know, Trayvon Rudolph? Rudolph, yep. yep. Um, there are some issues on defense, but I think this offense is really good and it's going to put up points, and I think it might be able to take some pressure off of that defense a little bit Huskies. Uh, I have the Huskies winning the West. Um, so, but yeah, so I like NIU so, Matt. I, uh, I have Buffalo as a dark Ooh. horse. I think Buffalo is always scary. They're a little bit to me like Memphis in the American where it just, I mean, just, you just never really know. And I think, I think Cole Snyder is one of the quarterbacks that's on the outside looking in of this group, you know, you got Gabbert, you got Rourke, you got Lombardi, you got Finn. And I think Snyder's a little bit underrated, um, mm-hmm. but I think he's very good. And I think he's right up there with this category. And then on paper, it's not the best offensive line in the world, but the eye test, if you watch them, I went to the bowl game against Georgia Southern last year, fourth quarter, under five minutes left. They had the lead. They had to put that game away. And that Buffalo offensive line, abused mm-hmm. the Georgia Southern defensive line, and it's in my head forever. So that's why I'm sticking with Buffalo as a dark horse. Okay. Jesse. Dark horse. Akron. I said it again. Whoa. Akron. Well, again, this, there's a lot of definitions for, for dark horse. <laughs> okay, so what is your – This this dark horse definition means – What is a Mac dark horse? The Mac yeah. dark horse means that they're going to win more than three games. Um <laughs> Strauss, we we spoke the other day. We were trying to remember that guy's name, Lorenzo Lingard. He is a mm-hmm. he came yeah, from Miami, so he he was at Miami. Then I think he went to Florida, and Florida. now he's going to Akron. But he, this guy was a very very high rated and uh, high star recruit. Now we preach all the time, group of five guys, stars don't matter. But let's let's pretend like they do. This guy he 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 has to he has to show out if he wants to go to the NFL. He has to get some yardage. I am basing this whole dark horse pick on Lorenzo Lingard balling out and trying to make it to the league. I'm telling you right now, book it. They get more than three wins. They got a good quarterback too. Yeah. And Irons. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the Big Mac for God's sakes. They got them all. And, you know, a, an offensive an offensive guru and Joe Moorhead as head coach. Um, love Joe Moorhead, but it's – Akron might be the most difficult job in FBS. It shouldn't be though, right? Because you, yeah, oh, you say this all the time. They're not they're not there yet. Hey, Sprouse, I'll Michael steal it from you. Get, explain it, Sprouse, why well, they should yeah. be so good. Here's here's my thought. We talk about it. Your schools, Florida Atlantic always has talented guys. Mm-hmm. Florida International hadn't been very good in a while, but they always have talented guys, and every once in a while they win. The Florida schools, all the Texas schools, mm-hmm. like Akron to me, 
is the perfect spot to go get the transfers that, you know, they're from that area or, mm-hmm. and they go to Ohio state or they go to Michigan or Michigan state. And they're maybe they're not getting the playing time they want, or maybe, you know, they don't get recruited by the big 10 schools. So they leave, they go out of state, they go somewhere far away and they go and they hate it. Mm-hmm. And Akron to me, you know, should have, I mean, hell LeBron James is from Akron. You're telling me there's not one other guy with that physique in Akron, Ohio, that they can find to play tight end or wide receiver. No, no, I, I, I get it. I think the big thing is, um, Akron just doesn't invest. Like they don't. And when you are surrounded, like Ohio is a, you know, Ohio and like, uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Michigan, they're, you know, Northern recruiting hotbeds, not, not as good as the Southern ones, but they are recruiting hotbeds. But I think the big thing is there's just so many small schools there. And also it's cold as hell. Like, do you ever watch a, ever watch an Akron game in September? It it looks like it's 30 degrees outside. Um, and I don't know. I just think that a lot of different things kind of deter. I mean, hell the the rubber bowl was still functioning in the nineties and it was a, it, it was an absolute dump. Um, I don't know. I just, I think they're just so behind. And when I saw Moorhead go there, I kind of winced because like, oh man, he, that, that just jobs there for him to fail. But I hope they get at least four or five wins to kind of build a little bit of momentum. I really do. How many Look wins, at- how many wins at Akron does Moorhead have to get to start, have his phone start ringing? Like, like, <laughs> like we talk about like at Troy, if Summerall wins 10, 11 games, the mm-hmm. SEC is going to come calling. If Moorhead wins I think five Moorhead or six at a- Akron. I don't know, but I think Moorhead had a pretty devastating experience at Mississippi State. He, if he starts getting six or seven wins at Akron, he may stay a little bit. Or he's not yeah. going back to the SEC, let's put it that way. Because they, they definitely just threw him out to the Wolves. Yeah, they threw him out. Uh, he was there for, what, two years? And it wasn't long at all. And then they were like, nope, you're gone. I, I think it was a combination of Leach was Leach was available, and they knew Leach was going to be available, and they were like, uh, well, he's – kind of being mediocre. So at least we have, they had enough to fire him, but um, but yeah, I like, I love, I I will say this Moorhead as a coordinator is fantastic. Um, Don't know if he can, you know, be sustained as a head coach, but wherever that guy is going to go, I mean, your offense is going to be in good hands. Um, Players to watch. So I have Curtis Rourke, uh, you know, I mean, he reigning, reigning MVP. Um, it just can he stay healthy. Um, and I think a lot of NFL people this year are going to be talking about, you know, Curtis Wark going into the draft. Uh, absolutely love him. Uh, again, I think Ohio is going to be the darlings of uh, college football this year. So uh, is I like he even healthy Wark. right now because I'm doing research for this podcast and, and this podcast, but the people were kind of skeptical about week zero against San Diego state. Is he going to be a hundred percent or not? And if Ooh, he's not a hundred percent, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I thought he, I thought he was, I thought he was cleared, but he might've been banged He up. might be cleared, but I think he might be like 85%. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a ACL. Yeah, that, care, right? Well, that's what we were talking about when we were looking at the Mac, like, cause Ohio doesn't play a conference game until I think week four or five. Mm-hmm. So what's their play? You know, is it let's make sure Rourke is healthy for conference play? Or is it like, hey, let's beat San Diego State. Let's win a few games. Let's make a, you know, let's make a run at a 10, 11 win season. I don't know. I mean, I think it's been, it's been, what week did he get hurt? It, it was the end of the year. It was like 10. 
Yeah. I know 10 or 11? Daggum, he wasn't in the championship game. No, no. he was not. Oh, no. Lost money no. on that one. I, by the yeah, way, that that's, rough. that's his brother, right? Nathan Rourke. He's been having a hell of a preseason. Is it that, is his brother. It uh, is. Yeah. That is his brother. He's been having a heck of a preseason so far. Hmm. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up right now to see if there's an injury update or anything. I saw something it, like three hours ago and they said just basically for, for betting for you degenerates out there, it's the, the question is, is he a hundred percent? And I don't think Ohio's come out and physically said And hey, they won't this guy this guy's he's ready to roll. Yeah, and I, you're probably right. But if if he wasn't healthy I feel like the right move, unless you're trying to get to that, you know, that, yeah. that New Year's six, which that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to you got to win the San Diego State game. You want to have Curtis work there. If you just care about getting a conference championship, he may not play. No, and that or, well, that's going to be de- very limited. That's very what, limited, yeah. that's yeah. what I think they're going to do anyway. Is just that, limit him until mm-hmm. conference. Well, play. You know, I mean, all they got to do is nine games. All they got to do, Sprouse, is go into the offensive line room and say, "Hey, guys, we need y'all to block this week." And then, and then he should be. Fine. They just <laughs> tell it. them, it, just oh, tell yeah. them to block. Don't give just any tell sacks. Them to block. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, it should be fine. San Diego State, they're pretty average on the defensive line, right? Usually, <laughs> that's a lie. I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, they looked pretty good against our Blue Raiders in the bowl yeah. game last year. Uh, anyway, and that well. If Curtis Rourke isn't 100, percent that might deter my my bet for this weekend of Ohio San Diego State. Um, well, yeah, but uh, anyway, Matt, what do you got for players to watch? Uh, Jesse brought him up, Lorenzo Lingard, Akron running back. Here we go, back go. on Akron. But yeah, I I, uh, I like Jesse said, I'm a South Florida product, so my Twitter anytime the Miami Hurricanes sign any local kid, it's mm-hmm. like they it's like 2001 all over again. So I remember when they signed him. And I was like, oh, this is a good player. And then, I mean, he he got some like, a few carries mm-hmm. in Miami. Then he transferred to Florida, which I think is an upgrade. But then now to Akron. So he's a he's a he's a player. Mm-hmm. Boy's a player. He's a star. There we go. We'll see. Jesse. Make mine quick. Heisman Dark Horse, Rocky Lombardi. Oh, there it is. Yep. And that's that's a really good pick, too. If if he's healthy, that that offense is gonna be really fun. Um Going to the elevation, the Mountain West. Uh, so my pick for the champion uh, is Boise State. I think this is the the best uh, running back duo, or might be one of the best running back duos in the country with Halani uh, and I think it's is it Gianni or Genty? Genty. 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 Oh, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah, Ashton Genty. Yeah. Um, I think uh, also Taylor Green, the quarterback, is going to have a breakout year. I think the defense has a little bit of work, uh, but they have some big players with uh, DJ Scram at linebacker and Rodney Robinson in the secondary. I think this might be, okay, Boise State is back to being kind of the bullies of the Mountain West. Okay, they had a, they had a good year last year, but I think this year they're going to uh, sustain themselves with that. But what do you got, um, Matt? I'm right there with you. I think Fresno State's going to take a big step back, mm-hmm. losing Jay Kaner. I think it's Boise State versus Air Force for the championship. I think mm-hmm. I was going to say exactly what you said. I think Boise State is back. Um, and I got a hot take for you. I said it on our Mountain West. Boise State's schedule lines up nicely if they – I think they're two touchdown dogs right now at Washington week one. Mm-hmm. But they win that game – they got a, a strong enough non-conference. They can make a case for the playoff if they 
playoffs. do what they're supposed to do. Now that's and that's going to be the only game that they're underdogs in mm-hmm. is that Washington game, and it's Week One. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I think Boise's very good. Yeah, I think for them to make it, they would have to beat Washington, and Washington would also have to have like nine a wins. good year. They'd yep, have to have a good year to kind of show, okay, we beat this team and on the road, and you know they end up still having a good year. Um, kind of similar to what like Cincinnati when they beat Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, Jesse, this was probably one of the worst or least favorite shows we've done. Um, we did this, we covered this conference because we all kind of agreed the same. Uh, I'm with Boise State as well mm. to to win the conference. However to uh, kind of bring in the, the American Conference. <clears throat> I don't think Boise State will go undefeated because my dark horse in the American is going to get them at home, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough game for Boise State, even if they beat Washington. Uh, Boise State, though, they have a terrific offensive line. I, I agree. I think they're going to bully the Mountain West. But uh, uh, something about Memphis, uh, that just Boise State coming over there, I have no stats to back this up. I just – I'm going to be rooting hard for Memphis. Uh, I think it'll be a big game for them and and their and their culture at Memphis. So, uh, but Boise State in the Mountain West, I think they'll I think they'll win. All right, the conference. Uh, dark horse. Now, this dark horse. I'm not saying this dark horse is going to win, but I think this team is going to be better than a lot of people think. Matt has brought it up already. I think Fresno State is still going to have a decent year. Okay, they lost Hainer. However, I think their defense is going to be taking a step up. They have Mikey Keene coming in, transfer from UCF. No Hainer, but I think they can make a run, and I can think they'll at least be able to kind of right the ship, uh, the po- uh, the post Hainer era, if you will. So I like Fresno State to kind of make a little bit of noise in the conference. That's a fair. That's a fair pick. I mean, yeah, I I just yeah, I'm with you. I'm whatever. Uh, I got. Real dark horse here. Okay. UNLV. Um, I think that they fired their coach a little early. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was, but I think it's almost the same as, um, you know, I think they probably had some inside scoop that they could go get Barry Odom. Right. Um, their offense has been okay. Their defense has just been bad. Barry Odom's a defensive guy. Um, UNLV, sort of my same take on Akron, but. Vegas is not Akron. No. <laughs> so, uh, in my opinion, like, what an awesome place if you're a transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a Pac-4 transfer or a Big 12 transfer or something like that, UNLV is a good spot. I think, again, I don't think they're going to contend, um, but I definitely think it's a bowl-type team. I think this is a 7- or 8-win team this year. Yeah. And uh, I know Jay was talking last year about UNLV maybe um, surprising some people last year, so maybe that'll – come into this year, but I have one gripe with UNLV, and I think you guys will agree. They got to play in their own stadium. Get out, get out of, get out of Allegiant or the Death Star, whatever the hell it's called. Play in that stadium in the middle of the desert. I don't know if it's still there. I think it's like Boyd Stadium or something like that. But anyway, I just feel like it's a lot better when these, I hate when teams play in NFL stadiums. I absolutely hate it. That's my one gripe with, yeah. with the running rebels. I um, normally do. Now that that being said, mm-hmm. if they were able to get good and that stadium, you know, mm-hmm. filled, it'd be a pretty sweet. It'd be a brutal that, spot to go if that you're is a road true. team. But that is that's true. a big if that they're able to get good. Yep. What do you got, Jesse? 
Going back to what I define a dark horse as, I don't think this team is going to win the conference by any means, but I think they're going to get more wins than people expect. They had a atrocious, and in my words, atrocious season last year. I'm talking about Colorado State. They were very oh, young. Man. They had Clay Millen thrown in to the Wolves, just like I was talking about with Southern Miss. Uh, Middle Tennessee, my alma mater, goes to Colorado State and puts up 40 on them. It, it was It was bad. But, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty close with Matt Mummy here. He's been on our podcast several times. Uh, Sprouse has, has interviewed him, you know, again, several times. He seems confident. These guys are gaining experience. I think the offense is going to be a little better. Uh, look for those guys. I like their schedule, honestly. I really do like their schedule. And I, and mm. I, I think these guys are going to get to a bowl game this year. I think they're going to surprise some teams in the Mountain West. I think that offense, it's got to get better. I mean, they they were they, they had a lot of yards. They just couldn't get the ball into the end zone. I saw some stat whenever I uh, was doing my research. It was like they only scored they only scored touchdowns twenty percent of the times when they were past the fifty, and then uh, and like only sorry they only only. 35% of the time when they're past 50 and only like 15% of that was touchdowns. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a difficult offense. And I, I remember on the, uh, you can listen to our podcast with Matt mummy Sprouse is kind of drilling. Him. He's like, do you think this offense works in the red zone? They're confident with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can only get better. And, I, and they were all young. These are all freshmen and yeah. sophomores last year. So they're going to have some juniors this year. A lot of experience. Experience is literally, it's not just NFL. College experience is the best mm-hmm. thing that you can have. I mean, coaching and, 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 and talent is great, but experience is what makes a player. So, uh, great transition again. Jesse and I, I think, are on the same wavelength because my player to watch is Tory Horton. Um, I think yeah, he's going to be a beast. high. Dr- I'm going to, yeah, absolute beast. Uh, 71 passes caught last year, uh, 1,131 yards, eight touchdowns. I think that he is going to be a big time steal in the the NFL draft uh, next year. So anyway, love them. Oops. Someone's car's going off outside. I thought, <laughs> I thought somebody had a smoke alarm going off battery battery. Is that, is that you? Is that you making it's noise? It's me. My no, dog. it's me. Oh, that's my me. dog's on the couch here scratching. I was like, how are you making that noise? Okay. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I got a uh, Tory Horton. Yeah, that's a Matt. good pick. I, I had a uh, Boise running back Ashton Genty. Um, we posted a graphic of top running backs to watch in the group of five, and we had George Halani mm-hmm. on there, and the Boise State fans attacked us because we didn't have both of them on there, and they seem to think that Genty is the better of the two. So I'm just excited to see what he's got. All right. Jesse. I hope I don't butcher this, Sprouse, and I'm going to probably sound <laughs> inexperienced here, but I, I'm over here looking at my notes from, from the Mountain West, and I was very high on NIU at running back. They got they- – <laughs> I'm trying to understand why because I know they they, trans, they also transfer, but uh, they brought a guy in from uh, I think it was Missouri. I'm not exactly sure. I'm really excited to see the rushing game for NIU. Last year, these guys really surprised me uh, just by how good they were running. Wait, wait, let's say Sprouse. Well, NIU is not in the. Oh, gosh, NIU. UNL, UNLV. Okay, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. We're used to this on our team. UNLV is what I'm trying to say. Their rushing game last year was very, very explosive. And they lost a couple guys to the transfer portal, one actually going to Middle Tennessee, but they brought some guys in. And uh, the guy from last year, uh, forgive me, I'm trying to look at it right now. I think his name was Ontario Brown. Uh, he's going to be a huge, huge runner for UNLV. Excited to see what this guy can do. I think UNLV at Sprouse's Dark Horse. I mean, these, these guys, it's going to be explosive offense. As long as they play mm-hmm. in, in, in what? In UNLV Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
They're not gonna. No. So. I know. Uh, all right. Moving on. Conference USA. Um, I think this is going to be the trendy pick. Uh, I like Western Kentucky uh, to win Conference USA. Austin Reed and Malachi Corley. Fantastic quarterback wide receiver duo. Um, I think this is the safe pick. I think they have a you know a good group of guys coming back. Uh, I think this is this is the pick to go. I like Hilltoppers. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Western's world. Um, I think they can pretty much run away with this conference. Mm. I got them beating our alma mater, though, Middle Tennessee. I got them beating in the championship game. All right. Jesse. I'm not a safe better. I'm not a safe better. And I like Jamie Chadwell going to Liberty Flames. And I think he's going to make an Ooh. impact for year one. I think uh, he's going to upset Western Kentucky. Are they the easy pick in Conference USA? Yes. But who wants that easy money? No, I want, I want, I want that plus. I want that plus money. So I'm going to take Jamie Chadwell coming in. It's the weakest conference in the group of five. I, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but they do do very well in bowl games as of, as of late. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a very weak conference right now. I, I think the future's bright. I like Jacksonville State. I like Sam Houston. I like these teams coming into the Conference USA, but it's not ready right now. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, he's, a, he's an excellent coach. I don't know if this is going to be a stepping stone for Jamie Chadwell, but he's, he's got some transfers coming in. Uh, I think the offense is going to be elite. It's going to be a very high-scoring game when he plays West Kentucky. Why not? All right. Liberty Flames. So my dark horse – is one of those new teams coming up from the FCS. I like Jacksonville State to make a little bit of noise here in the Conference USA. Uh, Zion Webb enters his seventh year. Rich Rod, uh, you know, he's going to bring an offense in there um, that's really dynamic. Again, this team isn't going to win the conference, but, you know, Jacksonville State has upset some people you know, in the past, you know, FBS teams in the past, you know, uh, you know, Florida state being one of them, I think Mississippi another year. Um, but yeah, I like Jacksonville state as a dark horse here to really, uh, show and get some respect in the, F- in the FBS this year. I like the other new team in Sam Houston. Oh, okay. Um, they were, they won the FCS national championship, uh, COVID year 2020. So, and then, they this past year they rested and well rested they redshirted a bunch of guys to get to have their roster ready for this year. So I think it's both Jacksonville State and Sam Houston are teams that are used to winning. Um, and I don't think either one of them is on the James Madison level from a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, especially with like Jesse said, this is not a very good conference. So I think they're going to come in and I think they can surprise a couple people. All right, Jesse. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. I think they brought they Frank Bachmeyer. I'll be back. Frank Bachmeyer is back at Louisiana Tech. I love the name. I love the player. I think he's going to make a lot of Tech a lot better. But he that he's not the sole reason as to why I'm choosing them. I really enjoy uh, at running back the running back y'all uh, Marquise Crosby. Uh, I think he's going to have a stellar year this year. He's an impact mm-hmm. player for me in the Conference USA. Uh, La Tech Dark Horse. All right. Uh, players to watch. I mentioned him before. Uh, Zion Webb for me. Uh, really dynamic player. Uh, again, getting that bump, I think people might think, oh, he might not be as good, but I think he's going to be. Uh, I think this is the guy that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to go 
you brought him up earlier, the Western Kentucky combo, Austin mm. Reed, Malachi Corley. I think how Western continues to get transfer quarterbacks and wide receivers to come in and be this good is amazing to me. But um, I look for a record-breaking year from those guys. Yeah, no, definitely. Jesse? I do like Bachmeyer uh, at La Tech. I think it'll be fun to watch. But I'm also going to give uh, a little bit of love to my album water, and I want to talk about Frank Pizant, Middle Tennessee. I think that uh, the guys set up for a, a very good year this year. At Middle Tennessee, they're not really flying under the radar. I think they're kind of right there in the middle of the pack. But uh, with Rick Stock still at head coach, they're going to be consistent. So look for an eight-win uh, season for them and Frank Pizant leading the way. Love it. All right, so that is our group of five a breakdown. We have week zero coming up uh, later this week. Um, some of the matchups, we'll go through a couple of them really quick. Uh, Navy versus Notre Dame is going to kick it, kick things off in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, betting wise, I'm going to be staying away from this game. Uh, I'm leaning under though, under, uh, 50 and a half. Um, but listen, this, I don't know what's going on with Navy. Navy used to be the, the military Academy that does, you know, better than everyone else. Air Force and Army have seemed to kind of pass them up. Um, I kind of like Notre Dame to win this game, win this game handily. What time in Ireland is this game kicking off? Do we know? I, I have no Eastern. idea. So it's 2.30 it, Eastern. It's probably going to be a 10 or 11 o'clock yeah. game in Ireland. I'm not way wrong on that. I'm trying to think of a Great Britain. That's way off. Sorry. Wait, I know it's, well, it's 11 a.m. our time. Uh, hang on. So, oh, man. Oh, it's 2.30 in their time. It might be is if it's eleven thirty Eastern time, then it's two thirty their time. I thought it was two thirty Eastern was kickoff. I think it's two thirty Eastern time. Well, oh, Notre you know what? I bet I bet that means it's like a seven o'clock game. That time. it's like a night game. Yeah, I have no it idea. Doesn't I, really matter. Notre Dame yeah. is going to yeah. Notre, Notre Dame is going to wipe the floor. Navy's with them. not. Sorry. Navy's I, not. I, I not as good. a group of five guy, I tried to come on here, and I even tried for our podcast to somehow think of some way how they can keep this close, but they are just not the Navy of past. And Notre Dame plays them every year, right? So it's not going to be an offense mm-hmm, that right. they might sneak up on them. So how, I don't think Notre, Notre Dame, Dame is that great. But, yeah. uh, I mean, they're going to Dublin, and that's what they're all about. So I think that's going to yeah, be how, pretty How they get a game in Dublin, Ireland. I mean, that, calling it a neutral site game. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Navy. It's not even in America. How can it be neutral for the Naval Academy? It's ridiculous. So I, I don't know if you guys rem- remember this, but – um, Penn State and Central Florida played over in Ireland. And everyone's like, why? This is the most random thing. And it was because, I think it was because Penn State had O'Brien and then as a head coach and then O'Leary for UCF. And I think both coaches were out by that time. Because like O'Brien went to Houston and I think yeah. O'Leary retired. retired. So now it's like, why are these two teams playing each other in, in Are you Grove serious? Park? They yeah. based it on that? I believe they based it on – there was no other reason for Penn State to go over and play a game in Ireland. There was no other – in Central Florida as well. Like, come on. I mean, um, these people that put together these schedules, man. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, last year, Nebraska versus Northwestern. Why? What do either yeah. of those teams oh, I forgot have to about do? that? Was that was that in uh was yeah. that yeah. yeah. Northwestern didn't win a game on US soil in like two years. Is that a week right. zero game? Yeah, well, it was. I think so. 
Yeah. Was that that Northwestern Nebraska game week zero? Yeah, week zero. Yeah. So F- FYI, uh, Ireland is five hours ahead of Eastern time, so it'll be seven thirty game. So it'll be a night game for them. Prime okay, time yeah. for them. Look at that. <laughs> um, um, since it's a nighttime game, I'm going to change. I'm just kidding. Notre Dame. <laughs> they're going. They're going to handle that. Business. Changes everything, right? <laughs> However, I will be rooting like a son of a bitch for Navy. I promise you, because I would love nothing more than those leprechauns to get beat. Oh yeah, I will be. Hey, listen, I'm already. I'm, there I'm, you I'm go. Ready to go. Oh yes, yes, oh, love it, so, love it. Um, oh, for the people that can't see, obviously, because this is a podcast, I'm wearing a navy shirt today, so we're repping, we're repping midshipmen, anchors away. Um, so Jacksonville State and UTEP. Listen, I like, I like the miners. I usually, I, I like watching them. I, I kind of fell in love a little bit with UTEP. However. I like Jacksonville State money line here. Um, I know they're new to the party. I think a lot of casual bettors are going to be throwing lots of money on UTEP because they just recognize them a lot more. And like I said before, Jacksonville State is a team in the past who has beaten uh, FBS teams, Power 5 teams. So I like Jacksonville State. Uh, I think they're uh, a one-point underdog right now. Uh, Just take a money line. I like Gamecocks. I have... Just a little bit of information on Jacksonville State. Not critical information, but okay. when you said that Jacksonville State was of teams past that's beaten these teams, that was a team of of the past. Because mm-hmm. their former coach, John Gross, he is no longer with Jacksonville State, and he was the coach that was bringing these guys up to the top in the 1AA uh, playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. He was actually my high school football coach. So I have a little oh, bit wow. of so now he is at Clemson. Now this Jacksonville State team, I think they're still living off of the past of what they did when John Gross was there as a head coach. I just don't see if this would have been if this happened three or four years ago. I'm all in on Jacksonville State. I just don't think mm-hmm. they're the same team that they were a few years ago. UTEP, very very good, very good offense. I think UTEP goes to Jacksonville State and introduces them to Division One football with a very big win. Oh, okay, Matt, the tiebreaker here. Place is going to be rocking. Old Jacksonville, Alabama is going mm-hmm. to be fired up for their first official home FBS conference game. Uh, that being said, I think, I mean, UTEP was borderline a dark horse for me in the conference. I think UTEP's mm-hmm. pretty damn good. Gavin Hardison's a really good quarterback. Um, I'm with old Swag Bear on this. I think UTEP relatively handily. I think close early, Ooh. and then UTEP pulls away. Okay. Listen, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate that, by the way. Like, I, I like UTEP. I like the Miners. Um, this is one that we kind of talked a little bit about earlier. Uh, Ohio. The Ohio Bobcats are two-and-a-half-point dogs against San Diego State. Um, I love Ohio. If Curtis Rourke is 100% healthy and they're going to let him sit back and sling the rock, I am very confident in Ohio. But, uh, Jesse, what you were kind of alluding to before, that they might be – kind of holding him for a little bit that that kind of worries me in this game so people that are listening and are gonna bet on this game you know kind of keep that in mind if you're gonna lay some money down but I really like Ohio I am not the Todd McShay group of five so don't don't just hear what I say and just say oh okay he's out I'm with you a thousand percent of all if he's healthy and they're able to throw him out there and 
I think they have one of the better offenses in a group of five. That being said, though, after what I saw that deeps of line, what they did to my Blue Raiders last year, I'd be a little nervous to have Carter Schwartz out there. Their old line better be pretty damn good or sit them because those guys are bull rushing monsters and mm-hmm. they're going to come after that quarterback and they're going to know. I mean, that's what defenses do. They know that guy's hurt. The defensive coordinator, he's not saying hurt the guy, but he's saying hit him, hit him oh, every yeah. play, get, get in his head. You get Carter Schwartz out of his game, ball game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So if he is healthy, I like their chances, but if he's not if he's not 100%, I'm going San Diego State here to cover. So, you won't know that till kickoff, so just go with your heart, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the other thing if if it comes out that, you know, Curse works not playing this game, I immediately immediately go to Aztecs. Um and like you said, Jesse, the Ohio offensive line versus the San Diego State defensive line, I think is going to be a fantastic watch. I know everyone talks skill positions and, and loves, you know, secondary versus receivers and stuff like that. But Ohio's offensive line versus San Diego State's defensive line is going to be must-see uh, week zero. Tell, it's you know. a it's a shame. But I mean, for the average football fan, they don't really understand that. But the D-line and offensive line, it it pushes the game. Or what should I say? It, it swings the game so drastically. Mm-hmm. If that quarterback – is not comfortable. He's not making those Cinderella throws. That running back is not making those five, six yard gains for a first downs. That old line, if they're getting tumbled, mm-hmm. and this is a, and this is all MTSU somehow made an exception for this Sprouse in the bowl game because they absolutely got destroyed. <laughs> Luckily, our defense played just as good as theirs. But uh, if if you have a good offensive line, it's going to hurt you. So like, like mm-hmm. you said, Ohio, this is a big test for them. I mean, mm-hmm. this is basically like going against a Power Five D line. It's yeah. AST, they reload. Those guys are good. Yeah. Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, San Diego State, Brady Hoke team. It's going to be good on defense. You guys have said it. Um, I only hope – I don't think we will, but I only hope that we get Gus Johnson on the call for this game. Uh, It's the FS1 game. I think it's the only Fox game of the weekend, but I'm sure, per usual, the group of five is going to get shafted with the B team, Mm -hmm. uh, play-by-play people. But – I, I kind of agree with what both of you are saying. I, I think Ohio is going to win this game. I think it's an offense versus defense type of deal. So I, I think San Diego State has just been so bad on offense. They may not score. I mean, this is this could be even if Ohio plays. If San Diego State plays great defensively, I, I think Ohio still wins this game, you know, 17 to three because San Diego State's not very good on offense. Yeah. Curtis Rourke's a good name for Gus Johnson to be screaming at, isn't it? Curtis, down the middle. Rock with the deep ball. Um, Next up, UMass versus New Mexico State. I don't know what either of these teams have offensively. I do know UMass's defense is supposed to be okay. Don Brown, I believe Don Brown is there. Now, old Michigan defensive coordinator. Uh, I know Jerry Kill is going to have a solid defense wherever he goes. I like this as a rock fight. Give me the under 44 and a half. Who's going to win? No clue. I got if nothing. You, but if, you, yeah, if, under, you're betting, if you're betting the money line on this game, I need you to take a long look in the mirror and just say, I have a problem because you have <laughs> no clue who's going to win this game. I, have I don't no clue. I don't yeah. care. Matthew Sprouse can go over here and talk about group of five football and give you all the stats of these teams. Mm-hmm. Not nobody. Even the head coaches don't know who's going to win this game. <laughs> so I, I really don't have I don't have a clue. I'm going to stick with that. I ain't got a clue. 
I want everybody to remember what he just said at approximately 6.59 Eastern time on Saturday. When he's oh, I'm betting texting, on it. When he's texting our group. I do have a problem. I got New Mexico State minus eight. No, I'm, uh, take, I'm taking UMass. I, okay. What was that? I'm taking no, UMass. Just, oh. I mean, why not? New, New Mexico State is going to blow them out. This is a, this is a lock. If, if I were to pick up any lock on this entire list of games, it's New Mexico State. No. Really? A quarterback. Oh yeah, D- what's the I quarterback's name? Diego Pavia. Stats at us. Here they, we go. They, yeah, this Pai- was yeah Pavia. They got a they got a pretty good team, and it, don't look now. The, the Conference USA. You got Western Kentucky. You got Liberty, and you got Middle Tennessee, and then uh, probably La Tech is probably right in the B list there. Everybody else is everybody else, and uh, New Mexico State. This is a this is a sleeper team. Now, they they blow this game. This game is the, the maybe the biggest blowout on the, on the on the week. New Mexico's so New Mexico State right Book now it. is a seven and a half favorite. Book it. But write it down. Lock You've and convinced key. me. Throw the I'm key away, down. dude. All right. Lock. Well, they, okay. I told the listeners not to listen to Sprouse. It's week zero. There we go. I, I don't nobody bet. knows how these teams are going to be. He's going no, based. He's going based off New Mexico State having a mediocre year last year. New Mexico no, State no. blowout. We heard it here yeah, first. Look it. All right, there we go. Uh, Matt, I'm 100% tagging you if you UMass wins. <laughs> yeah, well, that that probably will happen. Oh, I will too. <laughs> I'm taking UMass. It, you know, yeah. That's all um, right. Book it. Next game on the list, um, Vandy, 17-point favorite against Hawaii at home. I like Timmy Chang. I do. <sighs> I really do. But I think Vandy – and I know you guys are probably not going to like this because oh no, <laughs> you guys are uh, you know Tennessee people that aren't uh, Knoxville or Nashville. But I think Vandy ha- Vandy has a chance to get to six wins. They have a chance, and I think they're going to uh, smoke Hawaii like they did last year on the island. I like I like Vandy. I like Vandy to cover seventeen. <laughs> Bear. Half, yeah. of said, half of what you said does make sense. Yeah, they are going to smoke. They're going to smoke Hawaii, but they're yeah. going to win those six games. <laughs> I said I, I drink a chance. I said a chance. I, I was drinking the Hawaiian Kool Aid last year, and I'll be yeah. damned if I do that again. I ain't happy. Mm-hmm. That was at Hawaii. So, yep. Sprouse, I'll yeah. let you take them here. I think I don't have to say much else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, you said you said a couple things. We are Nashville people. We just don't like Vandy. <laughs> I like Nashville quite a bit. It's a good place. But uh, yeah, Hawaii, I, I'm right there with old swag. They, I don't understand it. <laughs> they had a good certain. first drive against Vanderbilt last year. I mean, they I was did. fired they up, did. man. They did. <laughs> it was like 7-0. I was like, let's go. Well, because They'll- what what was Vandy's win total last year? Like Three. two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Two and, a half. Yeah. Yeah. and we were like, oh, my God, if they don't beat Hawaii, they have no shot. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Vanderbilt wins. Hawaii, too. I mean, I, I don't know. Are they – you know they have kids with family that's going through some the fire stuff right now. There's there's all kinds oh, of stuff really that, point there, that too, could Sprouse. be distracting. That could be good. It could be good for them <laughs> yeah. from a football standpoint. But I, I, yeah, Vandy big. Yeah, Van, Vandy big. Uh, I lost money last year on Hawaii, and I was the same like you guys. I saw that first drive. I was like, oh, here we go, here we yeah. go, and it just it got bad really quick. Um, Another game that I think people are forgetting, USC, USC is playing week zero against San Jose State. They are 30 and a half point favorites. I mean, 
I have no idea. That line is huge. I'm staying the hell away from that game and just hoping San Jose State keeps it close. Anybody have yeah, any other thoughts on this? 30 is a lot of points. It's a lot, a, of lot. Points. It's San, a lot of San points. San Jose State is is a good team. But if, if USC is the playoff team that a lot of people mm-hmm. think they are, then they, they're probably going to want to make this 30 points. Yeah. Um, but, you know, San Jose State, they got a good quarterback. Shavon Cordero is one of the better ones in the Mountain West. Um, mm-hmm. I'm taking San Jose plus 30. I, I don't think. I like it. That's USC a cushion. Will, USC is going to win that game. I, I mean, I think handedly. But when I say handedly, I mean like 17, 21 points. 30 points is a lot. of, And, then, and, and just wrestle and forget, San Jose State, they got a defense too. They're going to put some pressure on that quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be one of those deals where I bet it's like a seven-point game in the first half where it's like, oh, my God, San Jose State has a chance. And then what? They, they get about 21 points in the second half. They win by yeah. 28. I don't care. Not 30. Yeah. Or 31 I'm and a half. Thinking, it was. I'm thinking like a backdoor cover because USC's defense is not great. And, you know, I feel like USC's going to get up around that 28 range, 28, maybe 34. And then San Jose, you know, they call the dogs off San Jose State because they're a good team is going to be playing for some pride and, you know, you, puts a score. You know what helps? You know what helps a group of five teams that are playing these power five teams? They see more more about experience. They know that another group of five team just whipped that ass about what five months ago. So mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna say, hey Tulane did it. Why can't we do it? Like they're can gonna we do it? there was some confidence. Absolutely. So just don't don't sleep on San Jose State. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're gonna win. But mm-hmm. I like Absolutely. that better than I like that better than uh, New Mexico State beating <laughs> UMass. <laughs> I I well I, hopefully that happens for me, but I can't. I'm telling you, New Mexico. I can't State wait to talk be, about this on our show tonight. I we're not. I can promise. You know, I promise to, you. When we get off this, I just be researching stats for you. So New you Mexico State is. It is my lock of the week. You, ever, you remember those guys? You call the hotline. They're on the radio, yeah. late night sports radio. Mm-hmm. You call the guy. Call now for my lock of the. All right, and the last game of week zero: uh, Florida International and Louisiana Tech. Uh, FIU won this matchup last year in double overtime. Um, I like 58 and a half the over. Uh, I think both of these teams have a little bit of have some questions on defense. I think both their offenses should be decent. So I like over 58 and a half. Uh, Matt, what do you got? That's a smart pick. I, I always follow my heart, unfortunately, with any of the Florida schools. And I, I'm looking at this and I – I like FIU. I root for FIU, but I'm afraid they're just not going to be very good again this year. So I, I, I would take, I would take the over uh, ten points. I think La Tech will probably cover that. Yeah, Jesse, I know you were kind of singing Louisiana Tech earlier today. Yeah, so I think both of you are right. I love the over pick on that. I really do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that La Tech, this is going to be a big game for them. Week zero is going to have the, the stadium fired up for football. I think it's going to be a pretty good crowd. I think La Tech puts it on FIU. Uh, I think minus 10 is pretty, pretty, pretty easy to go with. So, I mean, probably going to win by 17 or 21. All right. Love it. Love it. All right. So, to end the episode, we are going to play Vital Information with Jesse. Uh, Matt played this last year, so he's going to kind of take a back seat. He could be like a little peanut gallery for this. Beautiful. Um, so Jesse, uh, state your favorite program. Mill Tennessee state. There we go. First ever favorite football player. The first 
very first, oh gosh, it's probably embarrassing. Brett Favre. Was, okay. <laughs> when I was, Brett when I was a kid, I really right. enjoyed watching Brett Favre. I was a Packers fan as a kid. Now, favorite player all time. Play it. Play, favorite player. Oh, Jeff Saturday, no doubt. Saturday, oh, there we go. Okay, love like Jeff that. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, most important or favorite football season. I think as I talk with Sprouse all the time, 2007 college football season where the I mean, number yeah. one and number two mm-hmm. team just kept losing. I'm yep. hoping to have a season like that again for just for a group of five sake because I just want to mm-hmm. see some guys making noise. So 2007 yeah. for sure. All right. Uh, favorite uniform combo? And I guess we're just doing college. You can go pro. I love the Cincinnati Bengals. Just just the helmet. Really? I, I love okay. the Bengals helmet. Ever since I was a kid. NFL Blitz, I was the Bengals right. just because I wanted those freaking tiger stripes on my head. Oh, it is cool. You it know, is this cool. this is a college football uh, podcast. I, I mean, you, uh, S, uh, San Diego State, love their helmets, love yeah. their uniforms. Yes. Yeah. I love San Diego State. We did a helmet thing, I think, last year. We did a helmet episode, and we raved about San Diego State's helmet. That, like – the ruins, like the San Diego yeah. ruins, and let's it's like firelight next to it. Awesome. I love it. Um favorite win for Middle Tennessee State. It's gonna be the one I was part of when we beat Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech by like mm-hmm. you know by 30 points. And that's honestly one of the best games I ever played in. So uh Georgia Tech, uh 2012, I think. Yeah. All right. Best tradition in college football. <sighs> This is a group of five podcasts, but go for it. I yeah. absolutely love Virginia Tech running oh, out yeah. to Inner Sandman. Yeah, it's I, great. I, I just watching what, that, watching that stadium jumping mm-hmm. up and down just gives me chills every time, every time. And then they yeah, lose yeah. by 30 points. But, hey, that first quarter is lightning. Love you, know, you know, it says we talk about Virginia Tech. I feel so bad for Brent Pry because, like, he went there and it was bad. But their defense got better, but – there they have no, cupboards bare offensively. I hope he turns it around. I love Brett Pry. Um, uh, let's see where are we at. Oh, okay. Favorite place to eat at Middle Tennessee. What's the town called again? Sorry, Murf- Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Favorite place to eat in Murfreesburg. M- Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, oh, Tennessee. And uh, there, there is a really nice. Uh, Domenico's Deli. If you want to get a good oh, sandwich, great shout out. Going to shout out go. Jeff Murphy. It is it is fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, they are really good sandwiches. Mm. Uh, favorite place to eat? Um, what uh, is it? Is it? Uh, oh, the Goat. We we enjoy the Goat Ooh, over there, good. right by uh, the MC Suites over Medical Parkway. The Goat, really good pizza there. Okay, best bar in Middle Tennessee State. Jim's. Jim's. <laughs> Jim and Jim's dirty uh, clean Jim's clean Jim's. Yep. Was that your answer, Matt, last year? Probably. Hey, he yeah, probably said whiskey dicks. Whiskey Maybe. dicks. Or, I, yeah, whiskey someone, dicks or said, someone said whiskey dicks. Someone did oh, say true. whiskey dicks. Whiskey um, dicks is, is always a good good bet. Yeah. But whiskey uh, dicks Jim, is Jim good is, if you're in college. If I were to, well, now I don't think I'd go to Jim's now either, but. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> gentlemen. Jim's is, is a bar in Murfreesboro that's been around there for for ages. I mean, I I can't give you an exact date, but mm-hmm. I'd say it's been there for at least 25, 30 years, maybe even longer than that. And it's just a they uh, it's just it. a hole in the wall bar <laughs> that you'll you'll see you'll see hundreds of you know hundreds of students in there, and uh, so it's a really good time. All right, and last one since we're college football fans, we run on emotion. One team you hate, oh, the Tennessee Vols. There we go. Wonder, I love, I love that answer. You know, and, and to be and to give 
you know, to be fair, it's not that I really hate, you know, the Tennessee Volunteers players. Mm-hmm. It's that fan base in mm-hmm. the state of Tennessee Amen. who, if talking about Tennessee, is back. The worst thing that's ever happened to college football is Tennessee beating Alabama last year. Oh, yeah. Right now, yep. oh, my God, I'll tell you what, if, if Alabama goes and whips Tennessee this year, just just be careful in the state of Tennessee. There might be a lot of nine one one calls. It's, it's, it's also everybody thinks they're back. Yeah, it's it's my nightmare. I I, I hate those I hate those fans. And like I visited Tennessee, and the fans there treated me very well. I was a, I was a neutral fan. I went to see a night game against LSU. Um, I think they just fired. I, they fired Pruitt. I think because. Brady Hoke. Oh no, they fired Butch Jones. Brady Hoke was like the interim coach, and. Those fans treated me really well as a neutral fan. You know, everything was all oh, here. Come to this tailgate. Everything's great. But God, I, I say one thing on Twitter or whatever, like not even bashing them. And I'm just getting berated. Like it is a, it is a, it's, to- it's probably the most toxic fan base online. I was watching the, when they were playing Alabama, I remember like it was one play and, uh, like Bryce Young made like just a great throw. And all I said was, God, he's so good. Like mm-hmm. that. You would have thought that I like dog cussed a family member for Tennessee. Like, mm-hmm. Then they, they took that as offense as if Tennessee's quarterback was not good. And I was like, yeah, he's good. He's a great player. Like that's I, like, I don't understand. Yeah. They just, they are the worst fan base in the country. I'm there's the, that the Georgia fans are bad. Okay. But they bark at children. I mean, but, but, but here's the deal. Georgia's on top of the college football yeah. world right now. So they, right. they can do it. And I don't think that the Georgia fans were as insufferable mm-hmm. when they were down. I don't think they were. No. The Tennessee fans, I mean, it, how many quarterbacks have been the guy? I mean, you go back Dobbs, Tyler Bray, every one of them is the next Peyton Manning. And, God forbid one of them throws a touchdown against Alabama and they mm. are, I mean, mm. every coach was the savior. And I love everyone. That's, that's the other thing. I really like Josh Heupel. I really I like Josh too. Heupel. And, and Jay was recruited by Heupel a little bit. I think when Heupel was at Oklahoma. So like Jay said, he was like always treat him very well, even when he didn't pit, like didn't go there. And like, so um, I do like Heupel. I just hate those fans. I hate well, wait until Heupel loses a game that he's not supposed to, and they'll oh, they I know. will they they'll will turn, turn their back on him in yeah. a second. Yep. In a second, That's, we can probably tie it off with this. Let's see how Frank Harris does against University of Tennessee. Oh, boy, and, and you will see how much Heupel love is in the stadium if they oh, get upset by the Roadrunners. Big, be big Roadrunner fans. Big Roadrunner fans. Um, uh, Matt and Jesse, thank you again for coming on. Always a good time. Uh, do you guys want to shout out, uh, shout out your pod one more time and then where they can like follow you guys at? Ain't no doubt. So we're on all the social media platforms at group of five guys, very simple YouTube channels, group of five guys. You can get our pod on YouTube, Apple podcast, Spotify. Um, we do live shows every Tuesday night and look out this year. We're going to be doing some live pregame shows on Saturday mornings. Ooh. Turn off Herb Street, turn off Corso, turn on the group of five guys. Look out for it. Love it. Jesse. Oh, wait, what he said. <laughs> oh. Do you have an individual one, Jesse, or no? 
Oh, Lord, no. Stay away from my personal. Swagbear58. Follow the guy. No, no. Group of five guys, man. Uh, I mean, catch our podcast every every Tuesday night. uh, Live shows. I mean, if you want to see me and Sprouse just banter and yell at each other, (laughs) tune in. You don't get the yelling. That happens. That'll happen probably after we hang up this between before we do our show. I'm just kidding. No doubt. I got nothing to yell at you about today. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Again, uh, love the stuff. And again, given the group of five, it's time in the sun that it very much deserves. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And college football is among us. Have a great week.